0: Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. In honor of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., residents from the greater Chicago area are coming together this week to do the work of healing the wounds of racism. A local initiative, Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Greater Chicago, has planned racial healing events across the city to help residents heal from the trauma of racism. This Tuesday, January 21st, the National Day of Racial Healing kicked off with three days of events. With us now to discuss the week and its purpose is Jose Rico, director of the Truth, Racial Healing and Transformation Greater Chicago, or TRHT Greater Chicago. Also with us, Pilar Audain-Reed, Associate Director of the organization. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. So first, Jose, tell us what's planned for the week.
1: So what we are planning this week is we're part of a national effort to be able to start to have some really hard conversations and necessary conversations here in Chicago to recognize how racism has really damaged our humanity here in the city. And so we have over 30 groups, nonprofit organizations, government entities, and neighborhood groups that decided to come together and gather to be able to basically share our stories and be able to reclaim our humanity from the false narrative that racism puts out there and start to repair those relationships so we could see what a transformed Chicago could look like.
0: You say these are difficult conversations. Why are they difficult?
1: Well, most of the reasons is because when we meet somebody that seems different than us, we have a lot of assumptions about who they are, what their life is, and what possibly their dreams and aspirations are. And so when we have circles, a lot of times we uncover that we have very similar dreams and aspirations and our own internal biases are the ones that give me this filter or distort who I think you are and sometimes are the big barriers for us to be able to accomplish what we all want to accomplish, which is a better Chicago for all of us.
0: Pilar, Jose mentioned circles. Talk about exactly what this circle is.
2: So circles are safe spaces, very necessary safe spaces where people from all walks, all creeds come together and share from the heart share honestly our issues, our triumphs, our goals, our aspirations, the things that we want to see happen in our lives and in the city their circles are facilitated by two truth, racial healing, and transformation facilitators. And it's an amazing exchange of people where we can just see our similarities, see the things that bring us together
0: as opposed to the things that separate us. Well, the events are already underway. How is it going so far?
1: So the feedback that we've uh, been receiving has been incredible. Many have an assumption that we're going to go to these circles and automatically talk about racism. And one of the realizations that people must get is that you know, racism is not necessarily a bad individual that we want to talk about or the circles are not places where people could say, I am not a racist. But it's really uncovering how racism is in everything and in everywhere that we are And that we just need to be very intentional about dismantling racism and particularly anti-blackness in the city of Chicago and especially now anti-immigrant sentiment that's here in the city of Chicago. So it uncovers a lot of Mm -hmm. those biases. And what we found, you know, in the organizations that are doing this is they see this as an important step for many of them that are trying to implement racial equity agendas to be able to actually get to know their employees and their workplace in a much very different light than what their title is, what their role is, and starting to, again, form those common bonds and those relationships that I think are going to help advance the work Mm -hmm. that they want to do in their organizations. And
2: what we've mm -hmm. seen also, too, is that within these circles is that a lot of the microaggressions that take place are not always malicious. They can be a cultural difference or just a difference, in upbringing, a difference. And so we want to actually um, utilize these spaces so that we can become more uh, culturally sensitive to one
0: another, especially in the workplace. Let's say, talk a little bit more about the National Day of Racial mm-hmm. Healing and the roots of that day.
1: Yeah, so this is the fourth annual. It was uh, started by the Kellogg Foundation here in Chicago. It is hosted by the Woods Fund of Chicago, and we have an incredible group of partners here in Chicago. The United Way of Metro Chicago is hosting circles and is also a big sponsor, the Field Foundation. We have the American Indian Center, a whole bunch of organizations that brought it here to Chicago to really start having those conversations at the community level that oftentimes do not happen. And one of the really interesting aspects of what we're doing this year is that we are intentionally building circles in black and brown communities in neighborhoods where Invest Southwest are at to make sure that residents from those communities are able to build those relationships because in order for us to transform those neighborhoods, we need to transform those relationships. Now,
0: you mentioned Invest Southwest, mm-hmm. and this is something from the Lightfoot Administration. Mm-hmm. Just explain a little bit more about that plan.
1: So, you know, what the city's doing and the Lightfoot Administration is doing is earmarking or directing close to $750 million of uh, public funds in 10 neighborhoods in the city of Chicago to spur economic development in those neighborhoods. Great opportunity to really invest needed resources in those communities, and so now community advisory boards are being organized to direct how those funds are happening. What we're doing is we are asking some of those groups and some of those members in those communities to come together in racial healing
0: circles. You know, Pilar, when we talk about what happens in the racial healing circles, How do you help people who participate move this very intimate experience? Out into their work in community and in their organizations?
2: We provide them with stories. Like any one cohort, you have people who are sharing their experiences and sharing their ways of survival, basically, if you will, into the city. And so what we do is we provide a space where people can see themselves and their situations and other people's situations and learn from that. And then we also provide them resources where they can, after the circle, they can follow up and then they can go into their communities, into their workspace, Races and implement some of these things that they've learned.
0: Well, I want to hear from one of the Racial Healing Circle practitioners. Here's Terrence sharing why he thinks Chicagoans should participate. What I like to remind people is that the racism is not the shark, it's actually the water. Right? It's everywhere. It's all around us. And so it's not that the healing is a situation that's sparked just by a racist moment. The healing happens because we've all endured a system that's built on racism and we all need to heal. So my encouragement to the people in Chicago is that none of us is without need of being better. None of us is without the need to be healed. And hearing each other and connecting with each other ultimately will not only make us better together and make a better place to live, but it it makes you better. It makes you the best version of yourself for whatever endeavors you're a part of. So that's interesting. Terrence says racism is not the shark. It's the water. (laughs) And and Jose, I mean, put that into some context for us. When we're talking about the history of segregation Mm -hmm. in Chicago What part of that is the water? What part of that is the shark?
1: So, you know, when we look at the outcomes of Chicagoans, whether we talk about the 20-year death gap between African-Americans and European-Americans in the city, or when we talk about the dislocation of $4 billion of wealth from black families in the South and West Side, when we talk about how labor from immigrant families is just taken and their dignity is also taken. Mm -hmm. All of those things do not happen in a vacuum. All of those things come with very explicit policies and practices, many of those that are sanctioned by corporations, by governments, by the way things are done, and we need to shine a light on those policies and practices and say, hey, what we think is business as usual and what we think we're doing is the right thing to do is actually contributing to the death gap, to the dislocation of wealth, to the uh, ability for people to be vilified and alienated. And so what we want to be able to do is shine a light within the organizations to see what is it that they're doing that's perpetuating racist policies and practices, but also at the policy level, this is why it's exciting that government is also involved in this, is for them to actually look at what are the outcomes we want to get and what do we need to do differently to basically reverse what's happening and let's reverse engineer with what we want to be able to accomplish and what are the policies and practices that we need to change.
0: I want to bring in another voice, Taylor Lay. She's a first time participant in a racial healing circle. Taylor, welcome to the program.
3: Hello. So why did you choose to take part in this? I've actually been working with a program called the Fellowship Initiative now since 2016, and it's made up of about 55 young black and brown youth. They're now seniors in high school, and I've worked with them in the capacity of being a tutor and a writing coach. And to my surprise, racial healing circles were taking place. So I had no prior knowledge um, and had done no research beforehand. So that was how I came to know that it was happening that particular day. And what was your experience? experience like? Yeah, so what's very interesting is that I've known these particular fellows for about three years now. I started with the last cohort, and then the new cohort happened of students, I mean, and they've known each other for three years. They've known me for three years, and yet the experience was still transformative. And so what happened during that circle was deep questions were asked, and fellows have participated in many team-building exercises before. They've gone to Costa Rica. They've gone on a long hiking trip. And yet this deal was very different. So the questions got at, Uh, Talk about time when there was a false narrative that you challenged about your identity. Talk about uh, an experience where you had to talk to someone who was different from you and how that connected you to a higher sense of self and purpose and your community. And so my experience, again, was very empowering and transformative and getting to know another side of the fellows and them getting to know another side of each other and of me It was very moving and surprising because, again, we've known each other for so long and this still changed. These are
0: very young people who participated in in this cohort.
3: Yes. Why Mm -hmm.
0: would you tell other young people to participate in these conversations? Because I think, unfortunately, oftentimes people think this is the work of adults, and I'm using quotes there, but, you know, of of the grownups. but.
3: Tell us about
0: the importance of the youth voice.
3: Sure. So I am committed to serving communities of color, and I work with students as young as three and at the collegiate level. And so I think that when you participate in a racial healing circle, You are working on yourself, you're working with others in your community, and sometimes encountering things that are on the subconscious level. You don't even know they're there. And so, oh, I need to work on that, and I need to better understand myself and my neighbor. And so I think that's really important for youth, one, for them to recognize they're not in anything alone, and then two, because as you heal, you are inspired to do for others and the world. You know, Jose, we've seen a big push from
0: young people Mm -hmm. um, in activist circles, and this is a different kind of work. Why is it important to start this practice of racial healing with the young folks Mm -hmm. in our city?
1: Yeah, one of the reasons why this work is really important to me personally is because I think that as an older activist, I feel it's our responsibility to create the spaces for younger activists to be able to learn or practice that's going to help in their own self-development within a community of people that love and care for them. Um, And so for me, and for many of us, we have right now close to 100 racial healing practitioners from all walks of life. Our target audience are people like Taylor and others because we want to be able to provide them with some of the tools, some of the wisdom, and the support for them to do what they think is best but for them to know that they could always come back to a community uh, where they're not going to be judged, where we're not going to try to fix them, where we want to be able to support them. And that's one of the most important aspects of this circle work.
0: You know, Pilar, what I hear Jose talking about there is really planting seeds, using these racial healing circles as a way to give people tools that they can then carry out, regardless of age, regardless of their position. Is that how you view the work as well?
2: Absolutely. And I just want to say that I really, really, really uh, love and see much value in the millennial, the Gen X, the Gen Z populations. I think they're widely misunderstood. They have a kind of fire that's extremely unique. And so Rico, and I just have a great time finding ways to really utilize their talents in the seed planting because they are the future. They are our future and they're on fire and we need to let them do their thing with guidance. We want to be guides and just share wisdom and help them carry on this work with us.
0: That's Pilar Audain-Reed, Associate Director of Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Greater Chicago. Jose Rico is the Director of TRHT Greater Chicago. And Taylor Lay, who just participated in her first Racial Healing Circle as part of this week's National Day of Healing. Hey, follow us on Twitter. We're at WBEZ Reset, and we've tweeted out links to additional resources and the events that are continuing this week. That's it for today's Reset. Speaking of tweets, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at jwhitepubradio. I am, of course, Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon.